Hey, folks, David Opposing the Matrix. Um, I'm doing an early show today because uh, today is my grandson's actual birthday. I mean, we've been celebrating all weekend. But um, so we're going to have the, the family portion of the birthday today. Um, the boy we're celebrating today is a wonderful and marvelous young man. Um, very smart. Um, knows the Lord. He's only seven and knows the Lord and loves him with all his heart. And, uh, the Lord has shown me that this boy is going to do spectacular things when he's an adult, maybe even before. Um, he's destined for greatness. And I just love the guy, love the kid a lot. Okay. I'm very proud of him and glad that he's my grandson. So anyway, um, so what are we what are we looking at today? Well, Gordy Tong sent me something the other day. Uh, you become Gordy Tong's friend, and he sends you stuff like crazy, and it's good stuff. It really is. You know, you, you open up one of his emails, my goodness, and you get an education, and I love it. I love to be educated. Okay, and I also love confirmation that the things that I'm seeing are things that are actually other people are seeing and things that are actually happening. Um, so it, it just his emails just totally bless me. Um, Anyway, there's uh, there's been a move in this country and all around the world actually for a long time to um, to strengthen ecumenism. And what is ecumenism? Is when it's like saying, "Hey guys, we all believe in Jesus. So let's just all get together and form one big happy party, okay? Um, or one big happy church, whatever you want to say about it." Uh, yes, on the outside that sounds very good, but it almost sounds like communistic Christianity. Um, and some of the beliefs that some of the churches have, I frankly think are heresy. So, you know, uh, how do you put together, oh, what was that term Yeshua used? Uh, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Okay. And yes, there are some churches that are pretty dark. Okay. Some denominations that are dark. And the churches that once were, oh, what do you say? That once were hot and on fire for the Lord. Yahweh, uh, way back when, you know, the, had revivals back in the 1800s, the late 1800s, the early 1900s. Uh, for instance, take the Assembly of God, you know, they're, they're Pentecostal. So their, their birth basically was back, uh, uh, the Azusa Street um, r- revival down in Southern California. Um, but all, all churches tend to grow cold after a while and, and Yahweh has to have a revival to start everything back up again. I was, I was saved or born again during the, um, the Jesus movement back in the 70, 60s and 70s. It ended probably about maybe, uh, 82. Didn't end. It just slowed down. <laughs> um, and it was a really neat time. It was a really neat time of revival. And, uh, we were all brothers and sisters and we all loved one another and, and uh, and we still do. And some of the friendships that we forged back in the 70s and, and the early 80s, uh, we still have today. I got some brothers and sisters that I've known for decades. And I love them with all my heart. Um, so anyway, uh, this is happening in Christianity. But it's also happening in the secular realm, too. You know, you have uh, our country, the Republic of the United States of America, it's not a democracy. It never was a democracy. But it's tried, they're trying to turn it into one, and they're pretty, being pretty successful. Um, but it, it was formed as a republic, okay? 
in a, in a republic, uh, everybody's represented by a representative. It's not uh, a free willy um, uh, thing where everybody's got to vote and the, the most, well, everybody does, but where everybody's, you know, the majority wins because a lot of times that turns into a lot of problems. <laughs> um, so that's why we have the electoral college too. Anyway, I don't want to get into that too much, but, um, so they're trying to, to change us into a, a social, well, they're saying socialist, but actually it's, a, um, it's communist. And when you look at the old, uh, the Russian empire, um, from 1917 until 1989, roughly, um, they call themselves the, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Okay. So they call themselves socialists, although they were communists. Okay. So there's, there's, I don't know. It's like cousins, you know, or even brothers and sisters, you know, you, you're a separate entity, but you're part of the same family. Um, you know, if you have a sister and you're, and you're the brother or vice versa or sister and sister, whatever, um, you, you're, you're separate entity. Uh, you might argue that twins are different, but no, they're still separate entities and they know that, but they, they share a lot of things that those of us that didn't have twins or, or didn't have, um, identical twins, uh, that we don't, we don't share those things that they share. Okay. Um, there's a certain thing that they're able to, um, I don't know. There's like, almost like, I hate to use psychic connection, but there's a, um, a familial connection that's different than everything, everybody else. Okay. Um, so that's what they're trying to do to us. And they're, and again, they're, they're trying to do it and they're being quite successful and, and we know that the people that do it are basically are kind of in the shadows. We never see them. The ones that are, are really running the show, um, except you're going to see one of them coming up soon. And uh, so we uh, we have this cabal that's uh, is trying to take over the world. Okay, and if Yahweh and or people that don't like it do some do something to stop it. Um, it may well very well succeed and this could be the the very end of the end of, of a man's reign on earth because then Yahweh Yeshua comes back and takes things over and uh, oh what a day that'll be I'll love that day anyway um, so what I want to share today is uh, is uh, has something to do with uh, the cabal bringing businesses together and you know businesses are the ones that employ all of us uh, underlings, so to speak, you know, the middle class. And uh, if they change the businesses, uh, the middle class is going to take it in the shorts, you know. Uh, I don't know if you've been out in the workforce, but it's it's difficult already for, for people, for workers uh, with bosses. Um, there are some bosses out there that are really awesome. Okay, they, 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 they treat their employees almost like their family. I've worked for such things and I, entities, you know, and uh, I, I really liked it, but then I've worked for, for entities that, uh, you're just a number. And if you don't like it, get out of here, you know, uh, we're going to do anything we want to. <laughs> well, look at the, uh, the, my, my last entity, uh, the state of Oregon, you know, I worked for them for five years and boy, at the beginning, it was great. It really was. Um, it was that typical state worker thing that everybody complains about. You know, I mean, we weren't lazy or anything, but you know, we, we had good, good benefits. We, you know, we got lots of holidays off and stuff. And, uh, but then all of a sudden, um, the state, the, um, the hierarchy of the state, Kate Brown, uh, 
I'm sorry, but I almost get nauseous when I see or think or talk about her. Um, okay. Um, you know, and all, COVID hit, and all of a sudden, you know, she took over dictator, dictatorial, dictatorial, excuse me. Um, and and really just ruined everything at the at the hospital I worked at. Uh, we had demands made on us that were unreasonable. The union was a joke. Okay. They have, all unions are jokes. Let's just put it that way. They all suck. Okay. And if you get, get into a work situation and they want you to join and you have the, the ability not to join, but still feel co- relatively comfortable that you could prosper at that place, don't join a union. Okay. Please. I've, I've been a member of two different unions and the first one wasn't too bad at first. Uh, but then they went downhill and it's the one I just SEIU. Oh, geez. It's a joke wrapped wrapped with a riddle, you know. All they want is your money. They don't fight for you. Uh, kind of like the representatives we have in in, in Congress, huh, in the Senate. They make all these promises, but then they work with the people that are actually against you, you know, taking money from them. So they're taking their money on the side, and then they're taking your money for union dues, right? Right? Yep, that's what they're doing. So anywhere I get off on these tangents, but it's kind of applicable. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about something called, and I forgot the name of it, the Council of Inclusive Capitalism. Boy, does that sound like a communist rag right there. Uh, yeah, inclusive. Boy, you say that word today and you think that everybody's able to join everything, you know? Um, uh. Boy, the things I'd like to say, but I can't. One, because I'm a believer in Yeshua. And two, because I want to have a dear, an air of decency on this radio show, if I can. Um, someday I just might go off. Um, have you folks ever seen, there's a, there was a movie that came out in, I think, the 70s. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, the guy was a radio or a TV um, anchor, I guess, on a radio show or TV show, excuse me. And... Um, He'd had it, man. He he was just fried. His brain was fried. And he goes in there and, you know, they've got him on the air and he, he says, you know, he starts talking about all the ills of society, all the ills of of, of the news uh, broadcast that he has to do every day. And um, and he gets on there and, and they, they let him talk. It was really neat. And uh, he gets, he gets on. He gets and he says, go to your windows. He says, and yell out, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And, you know, Everybody thinks they're not going to do anything. Well, they started doing it in a city that he was, I think it was New York, the city that he was, and they showed people opening up their windows and yelling it out. So that was hilarious. Uh, but then it went nationwide and everybody was doing it. So um, I think that's hilarious. And uh, if I had a larger audience, I would, I would suggest maybe we do something like that one night, but um, <laughs> I think it'd be fun. I think it would, you know, take a lot of tension away. It would, it would, you know, a lot of, uh, it would be a stress relief. Let's put it that way. And, uh, just, it gives you a voice and nobody can do anything about it. You know, they, they, you know, your neighbors might think you're kind of weird, but maybe they'll do it too with you. Um, so we'll see, you know, if we get a big enough audience, maybe we'll do something like that. Uh, cause I know a lot of us would like to, and, uh, you know, good. We have had an excellent time in the chat room lately. <laughs> there's some people that get on. There's one guy that can, gets on there, and uh, his name's Harmacist. And I guess he's a pharmacist, and uh, he 
he knows a lot about drugs and stuff, but he, uh, he's got a great sense of humor and, and there's others that get on, uh, uh, Nightmare, who's really cool. She's a neat lady. Um, Lexi is another one that gets on there. And if I forgot your, your name or whatever, folks, I'm sorry, but we got to get on with the show. Okay. So I got the chat room. I thought I had it turned on. Yeah, there it is. Chat room's turned on just in case, but I'm going to say ahead of time that I have to do a lot of reading now and I'm not going to be checking that chat room. So I might, you know, break from time to time and go over there, but, uh, I'm not going to be available on there. So, uh, there's no one here to hear me to say that, but, uh, um, uh, anyway, uh, so let's get, let's get to the, the meat and potatoes. Okay. And, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a screen with you here. Okay. I want to make sure that they were all there. Okay. So let's share this screen. Okay. All right. And I want you to look at this real closely. Okay. You know who this guy is, right? He's the leading contender for false prophet in Revelation. <laughs> this guy, this guy is dirty and corrupt, man. He is, he is, this, he's, he's like a pig in the mud, man. <laughs> you know, it's, that's how dirty and corrupt he is, you know. It, you ever see somebody or even a person that, oh, like a mud wrestler. I don't know. Guys go out and watch mud wrestling. I don't, but I've seen, you know, a little bit on TV and stuff. And, um, you know how they come out and that's all you can see is their eyes. <laughs> that's what this guy's like. He, he is like the poster child for corruption. And, uh, and he, he's the leader of, um, well, a corrupt organization too, you know, and let me come out right now and say that I, I'm not against Catholics. Okay. I love Catholics, Roman Catholics. And my ancestry was all Roman Catholic and it was Jewish, you know, but, um, yeah, the Roman, yeah, just two generations ago, uh, no, three, three generations ago, everybody was Catholic, you know, and then the smart ones decided to explore and realize that the Catholic church, the Roman Catholic church, the Vatican, is corrupt and their beliefs are corrupt and they're unbiblical. Okay. Now this woman here is lady. Now when a person has lady in front of their name, it usually means royalty. Okay. Lady Lynn Forrester. Are you ready for this? D Rothschild. And she's heading up this thing. She is the secular arm of the Council of Inclusive Capitalism, and this guy is the corrupt religious leader um, of the same organization, okay? I don't know who any of these people are, nor do I care, but they're probably business le- high, high-end high business leaders. This guy's a cardinal, it looks like, and this guy over here maybe too. They got that red sash they're wearing, and this guy's got his big shiny cross. I think it doesn't look like a crucifix, actually. So I wonder, he might, he's still got to be Catholic. Maybe standing next to Bozo the Clown here. Um, sorry, folks. Oh, there it is. Okay. Mustache here. Um, anyway, uh, you know, and I don't know who these clowns are either. And, uh, though this guy looks like he may be, um, I don't know if he's a Catholic priest or if he's Episcopalian or what, but, um, I don't know. I don't see any more religious figures. Oh, oh, right here. Right here is another uh, guy that looks like he's uh, a father. Uh, not a father. I don't call them father. A priest. A Catholic priest. Um, and that's it. Okay. 
Anyway, these people here may, may either be religious leaders of churches, um, which is sad because women shouldn't, if they are, women shouldn't be pastors. And we can have a show about that. If, if anybody disagrees, let's, let's look at that. And, um, so I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. And, uh, maybe you'll prove me wrong. Okay. All right. So these are the people we're dealing with. Um, you know, we are mobilizing the private sector to create a more inclusive, there's that word again, inclusive, sustainable, and trusted economic system. Sustainable, I can understand, and trusted, I can understand. You know, those are two words I understand, but this, inclusive, we'll, we'll look at that word. I, here, as a matter of fact, let me look at it real quick. Let me type in define inclusive. All right, here we go. Uh, inclusive, it's an adjective. Taking a great deal or everything under its scope. Comprehensive. Oh, taking. Taking. Not accepting, but taking. Okay, number two, including the specified extremes or limits as well as the area between them. Aha. Number three, of relating to or being a first person uh, plural pronoun that includes the addressee such as we in the sentence, if you are hungry, we could order some pizza. Boy, does that sound good right now. I know what I'm having today. Um, okay, so the second one is is interesting, including the specified extremes or limits as well as the areas between them. Okay, so in, in the case of the religious um, aspect of things, uh, what are the extremes? Okay, well, there's the regular everyday church person. I'm going to say... Uh, yeah, what do I say? Because there are extremes in everything. Uh, let's just say like the Church of Christ or something, or or uh, some of the, some of the um, Pentecostal or uh, charismatic churches that you know aren't too you know crazy. They don't run up the halls or up the up the the altar, and you know they're not jumping around and doing somersaults and everything else in church. Um, that's what we're talking about. Okay. You're playing every day, go to church every Sunday, maybe twice and one, once in Wednesday. And, uh, and they really love the Lord or Yahweh, excuse me. Um, but then you have the dead church. Okay. And I'm not really going to name, you know who they are. They're the churches that were really popular and really had, um, uh, like, um, Revivals, like I said, back in the 17, 18, early 19, or any time in the 1900s and the 2000s, uh, which we're at now. And um, these are the ones, well, no, actually, no, let's, let's just go back to the beginning of the 20th century because this is the 20th century is when a lot of those, a lot of those denominations kind of like dried up like figs uh, when they fall off the vine. And so you have the, the dead churches, okay, Heck, I'm going to name them. Uh, the Methodist, um, Presbyterians. Uh, there, there are tons of uh, um, Protestant denominations that have withered up and basically are social clubs that people go to, uh, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Okay, and then you have, and you include Catholicism in there too. Okay, 
Um, and then you have the hyper, the hyper churches. You, there's the, uh, well, the Assembly of God, you know, the ones that have uh, the Pentecostal and, uh, and the charismatic. And I don't see anything wrong with that, but sometimes people let it get out of hand. And then you have the really creepy ones like uh, the church in Reading. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, you got the church in Reading. You have uh, Hillsong down in Australia um, that are so hyper that they're into some really weird stuff. You know, like laying on graves and trying to suck the Holy Spirit out of the dead people that are there. Um, uh, and they've lost their, they sing what appears to be Christian song, Hillsong, for example. You know, some of the songs from Hillsong are pretty good, but knowing that they're coming from people that are totally corrupt. I mean, we're talking about a, a church that wants to accept homosexuals and as priests and uh, and stuff like that. Hillsong is very corrupt, and, and so is um, Bethel Redding. That's what I was thinking of. You got churches like that. So you got both extremes. So to be inclusive would in, include like Bethel Redding, the Catholic Church, and maybe your um, Foursquare Church. Okay. The four square being, a, you know, the, the one in the middle, the one that's probably more biblical than the other two and your hyper church and your dead church. Okay. That's what inclusive is. And in the world, it's, it's taking, it's inclu mixing, um, uh, capitalism with communism with every ism you can think of. Okay. Or in this case, trying to meld them so that they change. Okay. And it, it always, in this world, when things meld and they change, they always degrade. Okay. So if the, if the, uh, let's just say if the Republicans melded with the Democrats, every, after a while, everybody would have more characteristics of the Democrats than they would Republicans because of the corruption of the Democratic Party. And believe me, the Republican Party has a lot of corruption too. I'm not, picking one out but anyway um so but the the republicans would degrade they would de-evolve and into into the uh into the uh, democratic sort of mindset you know or the communist mindset nowadays uh there is no difference actually okay let's see so anyway let's see uh let's see uh, capitalism lifts people out of poverty and powers Global innovation and growth. Boy, something sounds like they're for capitalism, right? But to address growing inequality and climate change in the 21st century, century, capitalism must adapt. Okay, here we go. You have to change. We need new ideas and bold leadership. The Council for Inclusive Capitalism is a global movement of leaders doing business in a way that benefits people, our communities, and, a plan and our planet. Oh. That sounds like communism mixed in with the new age. Uh, we invite global business leaders, whether of small community businesses or international conglomerate, to join us and put forth commitments to an enlightened businesses. That word bothers me. Uh, enlightened business actions necessary to the fairer, more dynamic economies of societies we need. When our members take action and work together, we have the ability to advance market moving reforms. Market moving reforms. Okay. Remember that. Uh, collectively for our efforts can reshape the way capitalism works, reshape to make different. 
the way capitalism works to improve the lives of people across the globe. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the stuff down here because we'll get into more of this in our, so there you have a Rothschilds. <laughs> They're not even hiding anymore. They're not even hiding. They're getting out and showing their faces. Okay. This woman is the epitome of wickedness. Okay. The epitome of wickedness. And she's running a secular branch of this or advising secular. And this guy is, this guy is caca poo poo. Okay. Anyway. So now what I'd like to do is to get out of this and then go to the next one. Okay. Now I'm going to start reading and, um, it's, it's going to be reading a lot. Okay. So I am, um, Okay, let me see. I just want to make, yeah, I got to get rid of that one. Okay, good. All right, then I got to go back here. This is a lot to do here. Um, hold on, folks. I have to do a little tweaking here. Okay, get rid of that. All right, here I am. Hey, bald man, bald man's back. Boy, you turned my wife loose with some shears and she started coming down here. I said, don't touch the beard. Do not touch the beard. That's my realm. And she listened. <laughs> I'm thankful. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd look like a sheep that was shorn. I, I guess I do already anyway. But um, So now we're going to go to another one, folks. We're going to look at, um, well, here, let me show you. If we're going to go there, I might as well show you, right? Okay, here we go. All right, we're going to read a little more about this inclusive capitalism garbage. Um, and this is the secular part of our of the show today, you know, showing you this um, bovine scatology. And I think this is the one. Uh, yeah. All right, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican with the Vatican launches. Oh, so the Vatican is running this. It's not just this guy. It's the whole Vatican. Okay, well, I mean, he's a representative, but, you know, there's a lot of people that think that he's not running everything. Okay, there is a speculation, and you can ask, you know, your really learned Catholic about this, that there's a, the end times pope is going to be called the black pope. <laughs> okay, meet black meaning, not this kind of thing right here, just not meaning skin color, but meaning darkness, um, of uh, satanic nature okay but sometimes when i hear what this schmuck says the things that he says and the things that he does okay he is supposed to be involved in religious affairs okay but he's very vocal when it comes to um, geopolitical things okay he's been very uh, outspoken when it comes to gun control here in the united states and i don't know why in the hell i'm wearing this these ear things. I don't need them. Um, yeah, he's just been involved in a lot of bad things. Uh, and, and some of the things that the Catholic Church has stood for for many years uh, or centuries, maybe, he's been against. And it's been the good stuff that the Catholic Church has been, you know. So um, why people aren't leaving the Catholic Church in droves, I have no idea. Um there is a scripture, and I'm sorry I'm doing this on the fly, folks, but, you know, I, uh, let's see. 
in Revelation, I'm out of her. Look for my people, King James Version. Okay. I am going to get out of the, away from the King James for reasons that I'll explain someday. Okay, let's see the Babylonian Roman Church. I just have to, you know what? I just have to get in the Blue Letter Bible. Folks, if you want to do a study, word studies and stuff, um, the Blue Letter Bible is the way to go. Uh, in my, my words, because you can do everything here. I mean, there's like 30 or 40 different biblical versions uh, that you can get here. Hold on. I'm out of her. Okay. All right, here we go. It's in Revelation 18. It's talking about the Whore of Babylon, and we're going to get into the Whore of Babylon when we talk about the religious aspect of this. Okay. Let's see. I think this is cool. Let's just read from here to here. Okay. This is really cool because this is happening during the, the end time, the very end time, and it's the church. Um. It's not just a church. It's, it's, this seems to suggest it's it's um, religious, of course, but it's also political. Okay, the whore of Babylon it is. Um, it's going to be something I think is going to be unique that the world's never seen before, but it's going to be evil as all get out. Okay, so this is a Revelation 18. Babylon has fallen. After these things, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Man. That's pretty awesome, huh? Um, and he cried with a mighty, he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the whole, and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of her wrath, of the wrath of her, excuse me, fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. See, this is talking about a physical. Okay. So it's going to have a physical and, and, um, and spiritual air about it. Um, but it's, it's symbolic for all, all the evil crap that's going to happen. Pardon my French in, um, during that time. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you not be partakers of her sins. And you not receive her plagues. Now, a lot of people are thinking that this is talking about the false religious time, too. Because if it's talking about people, most of the people at this time are going to have the mark. And it doesn't matter if they come out because they're going to be destroyed anyway. They cannot change it. After they get that mark on their forehead or AN, it, uh, it's, it's toast. They're toast. And, um, they're just living a life, uh, waiting for destruction. Um, Okay, uh, and I'm going to continue here a little bit. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she's rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled with, with uh, her double. Uh, do it double, in other words. And um, let's, let me finish reading this, and I'll come. Uh, how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she has said in her heart, I sit a queen and I am no widow, 
and shall see no sorrow. Therefore make her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Judges her. Okay, that's pretty severe, I think. So this political religious system that's going to exist then is uh, pretty wicked. It says uh, other places that uh, when she's she's sitting on um, a bull and uh, she's got a cup in her hand filled with blood, and it's the blood of the saints. And this causes the saints in heaven to say, hey, I'm going to ad, ad lib here. Hey, hey, Lord, you know, when, when are you going to get her for what she's done to us? You know, and he, he just says, it's OK, just relax. That's coming. All right. Anyway, um, so now we know who the whore of Babylon was and we see. Oh, where were we here? OK. We see uh, this picture again with the horror of the secular horror of Babylon and the religious horror of Babylon. Um, <clears throat> now, let's look at some of this stuff. OK. And it's not much, but it gives names. And I don't. When you see the people that are involved in this, you're going to go, oh, man. <laughs> and if you're going to boycott them, well, you might as well just drink water. And then somebody probably is going to have a the patent on that, too. Okay. Um, it says, the council answers the challenge by Pope, Fran- Pope Francis to apply the principles of morality to business and investment practices. Now, when you think of morality... You and I, I'm sure, we think of morality we grew up with. You know, thou shalt not kill, the, the Ten Commandments, okay? And, and just being nice to people and, and uh, you know, being that guy that, that when you walk into the room, if the place is turned into a, a crap storm, you know, you bring peace to the place, you know, because people know that you have hope and everything. But, um, you know, so that's the morality I think about. But there, there are different kinds of moralities that go with different societies, okay? Um, in, in Islam, let's say in Islam, let's talk about Islamic morality. Well, in Islamic morality, if, if you hear some, uh, somebody in your town praying and, you know, this is the extreme, um, you go to the mullah and you turn them in and they get stoned to death or killed in some manner. Um, that's, that's their morality. Okay. So morals are kind of dictated by society as our ethics. Um, but there, God has, Yahweh has put into us uh, our, our conscience. Okay, and our conscience, even, okay, here's an example. Um, way back, well, what, three or four or five years ago, remember ISIS in, uh, in Syria got so bad. I mean, they were killing people and eating people that they killed and everything else. And, and the people that were under Islam there that, you know, weren't part of ISIS went, man, this is ridiculous. This is not... If this is Islam, I don't want no part of it. And a lot of them came to faith in Yeshua. Okay, or as the Islamic people call them, Gesu. No, that's, that's sorry, I'm, that's Italian. <laughs> sorry. Ooh, sorry, guys. Uh, if you're in Italy, listen to this. Uh, that was really a mistake. And um, they call them Issa. Okay, Yeshua is called Issa by the Arabs. Um, so, anyway, that's, you know... <laughs> Morality can be challenged. I mean, if it's a bad morality, it can be challenged because of the conscience that you always put in most of us. There are some people that are born to perdition. They're psychopaths and sociopaths, you know, that um, their morality is questionable, as is their ethics. 
their ethic uh, standard. Um, so to say that the council answers a challenge by Pope Francis to apply principle of morality to business, well, is is the Pope moral? No, not by not by far, or not by well. He, in other words, he's he's like the um, the flip side of the coin when it comes to morality. If the heads is moral, he's the tail. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, anyway, um, so no, he's not moral the way that you and I know morality. Okay, and only Yahweh knows what happens in the Vatican when nobody is watching. Okay. Uh, well, let's, homosexuality, I think, is probably runs rampant in, in the in the Vatican. You take either that or or bringing little girls in or women that, you know, by force, um, or nuns. You know, there's always been rumors, and it's been proven many times that the nuns are nothing but um, sex toys for the for the priests. Um, but um, so. You know, the Lord only knows what goes on uh, when the when the doors are closed and the lights are out. Okay, um, and that's with everybody too. You know, it's I know that if you're listening to this show, you probably have some well, very good morals and values. Not that because you're listening to the show, but because you're looking for righteousness and an answer to some of the problems that are going on in this world. And Yeshua is the only answer. But you know, there there are things we can do um, if He tells us to to kind of um, clean up the world a little bit, maybe. Um, so it says, organizations commit to concrete action to create a more equitable, sustainable, and trustable economic system. We read that earlier. The Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican. Sorry. Oh, boy. Um, I, I, it's just that I never thought I'd see this day, and it's here. Uh, an effort led by some of the world's Largest investment and business leaders launched today. Launched today. Um, it signifies the urgency of joining moral and market imperatives to reform capitalism. There it is, reform. Ah, reform. Hey, let's look that word up. I want to. I want to do a word study here. Um, define reform. Okay, let's see what we get here. My fingertips are kind of numb, so I don't feel those two little things on the keyboard anymore. It's crazy. Okay, let's see. Well, to... Oh, reform. That's what we were looking at. Okay. Define Reform. This is going to be good because I kind of we kind of know what it means anyway, right? Maybe it's got a, another meaning that we can look at. Reform an intrusive, um, or excuse me, intransitive verb uh, to improve by alteration, correction of error, oh, or removal of defects, put into a better form or condition. Number two, to abolish abuse and malpractice. In number three, to put an end to and abuse or a wrong. Okay, so there's, folks, don't get me wrong. There's no system that's perfect. And I realize capital, especially the capital we have today, because it's more of a um, uh, uh, business-like uh, capitalism. It's not a we the people capitalism anymore, but if it ever was. And 
and so I do, I, I know it's got problems, but right now the regular capitalism, real capitalism is the best thing that probably is on the earth right now in, in the way of a system for people to live under. Okay. And nowadays, look at, look at what Pfizer did with the, the shot. You know, they, they rammed up, rounded it through because they made, they took, uh, or they gave bribes to the, the CDC, the World Health Organization, nationalists through the Fed. Um, so, and then they bought them off, you know. So then when they wanted to introduce the vaccines, and, it's, and Moderna, I don't know if they're guilty of that stuff, but they probably are. Um, <clears throat> so when they wanted to run the mRNH vaccine through, uh, no problem. Oh, yeah, it's okay. It's been tested and when it never was. Um, it, it was one of the biggest frauds I've ever seen in my entire life. And I come from New Jersey. I'm, I'm part Italian. I've, and I've seen some pretty nasty stuff, some really bad corruption. And this is just, this just makes, that looks like child's play, you know? And I'll tell you what, if, if they don't, if they don't take these people and prosecute them, then I think that the mafia needs an apology because they make the mafia look like, like children, like children don't know what they're doing, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't condone the actions of the mafia, but, uh, just like, um, just like when one, some person said one time, if the, um, if Yahweh doesn't, um, judge America for what it's done, it's going to have, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And in the same way, if, if this government, doesn't take the schmucks like Fauci and stuff like that. Uh, try him in a court and hang him high from a tree or whatever. Then they need to. There needs to be an apology from the government to the mafia for for arresting them for the crimes that they committed. Okay, um, and throwing him in prison or whatever they did, or you know, extradite or sending them back to Sicily, whatever. Um, and that's my thought on that okay um like i said i don't condone the mafia i think they're a terrible organization not even organization a crime organization and <clears throat> someday they'll pay for their crimes whether it's either here on earth or um or in heaven oh, excuse me jeez. Oh, sorry folks i mean here on earth or in the afterworld when the judgment comes the mafia making it to heaven that would be interesting um <clears throat> Okay, so they want to abolish or the abuse or malpractice in. Okay, I can see that that's a that's a worthwhile thing to say. Okay, but to improve by alter alteration, correction or error, or the removal of defects, to put it in a better form or condition, oh, that's not so bad. But to put an end to an abuse or wrong. Okay, um, what's the abuse or wrong? You're going to try to replace corporate capitalism with the total opposite. In other words, you and I live under corporate common, uh, corporate capitalism right now, and we can go out and get a job. And, you know, although the government does take too much money from us, they shouldn't take any money from us, to be true, you know, but, um, you know, we, I don't know, you, we still are able to go out and buy a house or be happy to some degree and, and, um, buy a car and, and things. And, uh, but in, in communism, like Ralph talked about, um, what was it last week? Um, you don't own a house. You can't, you don't own a car. You can't, 
Um, and if you could, the government would basically own it and let you drive it. Um, you can't decide what practice you want to go into. What uh, you want to, a kid can't decide what he wants to do the rest of his life. They test them, whatever aptitude they, they have in communist, you know, communists find out that they have. They, uh, they're put into a job like that. Like you said, like Ralph said, you know, no wonder they have a line of tanks, you know, however long it was, I can't remember going into Ukraine because they, you know, your average person, I think anyway, people I've ever run into or my friends and stuff, they're, they're all, um, we all seem to have an aptitude for, for building things and making things and, and, uh, you know, so, oh yeah, you, you can manufacture stuff. You can put, you can put that screw in that hole and tighten that bolt. We're going to make you work on tanks, the manufacture tanks. That's why the Soviet Union and now the Russian Empire um, is able to have so many tanks. You know, that's the, their their whole thing <clears throat> throughout the Cold War is is having so many tanks they could overwhelm NATO and just go right through uh, Western Europe and take it over. It never happened, but um, it could have, and it could have done it very easily, I think, uh, because. <laughs> NATO would have been arguing about, you know, which country was going to lead the effort, you know. And by that time, the Soviets would have been um, on the Atlantic coast of Portugal and, well, the only coast of Portugal and all the way up in England, you know. But uh, thank God that never happened. So anyway, we were looking at this and. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, do we want to go any farther? Yeah, I do, because it talks more about the Pope. Um, the council is led by a core group of global leaders known as Guardians for Inclusive Capitalism, who meet annually with Pope Francis and Cardinal Turkson. These leaders represent more than $10.5 trillion in assets under management, companies with over $2.1 trillion of marketing, uh, of market, excuse me, market capitalization, and 200 million workers in over 163 countries. This isn't a small thing, folks. This is get big. It's probably going to get a lot bigger. Uh, the organization challenges business and investment leaders of all sizes to embrace uh, the council's guiding principles and to make public commitments to act on them. These collective actions are intended to lead to systemic change by making capitalism a greater force for inclusive inclusivity and sustainability. It says, watch your video of the Guardians discussing the Council's missions here. So um, if you go to um, inclusivecapitalism.com and go to th their news and insights, you'll find this article, okay? It's uh, one of the choices you can pick from there. And the article is the Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican la it launches, okay? All right. Speaking to the Guardians, Pope Francis says, an economic system that is fair, trustworthy, and capable of addressing, what the hell does this have to do with religion? You know? This is what pisses me off about this jackass. You know? He can't even control the church, his, his church, Roman Catholic Church, and, but he can he can get into this, you know? I don't know. Sorry, I just don't like this guy. Never have. The other pope, the pope, uh, two popes before him actually, uh, 
while I don't like popes, he at least had a personality, you know, and, and seemed like a pretty fair man, although he was the pope, so he wasn't. But anyway, we've increased, uh, or we keep going here. Um, an economic system that is fair, trustworthy, and capable of addressing the most profound challenges facing humanity and our planet is urgently needed. You have taken up the challenge by seeking ways to make capitalism become more inclusive instrument for integral human well-being. <laughs> this is saying, without saying it, folks, it's saying this, let's take capitalism and change it so that it's communism. Because when you make, when you make capitalism more inclusive, what's that saying? Who are you trying to include? Okay. Are you trying to include different racial groups? Are you trying to include, recruit different sexual preference groups? Um, you know, well, who are you trying, or are you trying to do all that? You know, cause that's been a big thing, you know, that, um, I'll tell you what, <laughs> living here in Oregon, no one could ever say that, um, the, the, the sexual, am I trying to go here? I know where I'm trying to go. I don't know how to say it in a correct manner. But um, in other words, um, I go everywhere and see transsexuals working, um, homosexuals working, um, and, and basically doing a pretty good job at what they do, you know, just like anybody else. And um, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying that here in Oregon, this is not needed because this is happening here and I'm sure it's in California and, and Washington and stuff like that. Now, do I condone it? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, everybody's got a right to work anywhere they want to. Okay. But it should be because they're skilled and uh, they maybe gone to school for what they have to do. Um, I would be very wary uh, walking into a doctor's office or into an emergency room knowing how would I know, but thinking basically that somebody that's going to be working on me doesn't know what they're doing because they were hired um, because of sexual preference or, you know, or race or color. Um, I had an incident happen to me. As a matter of fact, it changed my life. Um, I was working as a pipe fitter down in California and we were working on a very large hospital that was being built there back in the, uh, back in the eighties. And, um, it was such a big job that they brought people in from other unions. We were a union out of a little town in Solano County. And they brought people in from uh, all over, from the next union down and all the way over into the Bay Area, San Francisco. And um, so I was working in a very confined space. Um, you had to be careful everywhere you walked. And we didn't have good lighting. We always wanted better light. Please, can we have more lighting? Please, please. And this went on for months. And, um, we never got the lighting. It was always promised. It's coming. It's coming. Well, anyway, they, they gave to me a person to work with me and he was from the Bay area and he was a person of color. And don't get me wrong. I've worked with people of color that work really well, man. Um, I've worked with people of all colors that work really well, but in every group, there's people that don't want to work. Okay. I've run into scads of of whites that don't want to work. They want you to do the work and they want you to get, they want to get paid. And 
and I'm not going to pick any other groups because it's in every, it's everywhere, but I've experienced working with lots of white folks and I'm white too. Um, that just, yeah, you're looking at me, right? Uh, but for people that are listening on the uh, radio, um, so every group has malcontents. Every group has people that don't want to work. And to say that it's, it's, um, predominantly one group is, is really friggin' stupid. But, um, anyway, I was working with this fella and, um, he just wanted to be a body sitting there. <laughs> it was, and we had a, we had a quota. We had so much pipe to put in a day. And, and since I was part of, you know, the union that was running things, uh, I was basically his overseer's boss um, or foreman, probably a better word. Um, so anyway, I, I tried to get him to work and uh, he would either bring back the wrong parts or um, he would say, nah, you know, can you go this time? You know, and, and I, you mean like last time and the time before and the time before that. Anyway, so we had a, a, we had a quota, we had a meet and we were falling behind. And so I, I went to pick up some parts uh, and some pieces of pipe and fittings and stuff. And um, and I was walking back and I forgot to look for this one beam and it was there and I hit it, man. My hat, my hard hat, but still it, it pushed my neck back, neck back pretty hard. And I got a very bad whiplash, which caused me to, you know, have to go out on disability. Then it was determined that I probably wasn't going to be able to work anymore in that field because of the involved a lot of lifting and everything. And so then I had to pick a, uh, profession that um they were going to send me to school for four years right so i had to pick a profession where i had to um take a a very severe cut in pay like i was only getting paid a third of what i was getting paid uh in construction construction you know you get paid pretty well i think i was making like 32 dollars an hour back in the 80s which was a really good um really good wage, you know, and I went all the way down to, uh, well, it wasn't a third. So, uh, probably about, I don't know what the fraction would be, but I think I was making like seven. I can't remember. That's weird. Um, yeah, I was probably making maybe $16 an hour. That's what it was. Yeah. So it went from 32 to 16. So that's half, right? For just about, uh, no, it's exactly half. Uh, so anyway, I've run into this, okay, of having inept people, working with inept people, which causes me to work harder and for the same pay and them getting the same pay as me. Anyway, all right. So when it talks about equity and um, it just, I don't know, it just bothers me because not in, in a perfect world where everybody was the same, equity and inclusiveness would be an excellent idea, okay? But in a world where you have shirkers um, of every color, how, how are you going to include everybody in, in, in this and, and make it equitable? Because if you're forcing one person to work twice as hard because I mean, person B, A is working twice as hard because person B won't work, that's not equity, that's a deficit right there, uh, especially for the person that's doing all the work. Anyway, let me, let me get back onto this. Um, let's see. I think I read that. Okay. The guardians have already committed to hundreds of measurable actions. The council members will make outgoing commitments 
to continue to advance inclusive capitalism. They will be accounted uh, for their, they will be accountable to their public commitments and invite businesses around the world to join. Beautiful list of actions being taken here. We don't have time to do that. Sorry. All right. We're getting the meat and potatoes here. Capitalism was, has created enormous global prosperity. Yes, it has. Remember that. But it has also left too many people behind. How? How has it left people? You know, you have to, if you want to make it in this world, you have to put forth some kind of effort. Okay? You really do. And like I said, here in, in Oregon, and I know in other places, um, as a matter of fact, if you're a person of color or you're, you have a special um, sexual preference, that's not the, the natural. Uh, you make it pretty far in this world because people know that if, you know, if they don't hire you that, you know, they can get in trouble. And, but if a person has the, um, the skills to do the job, then they should, you know, of course, be able to work in, in their field of uh, expertise. But, um, it's just hard to conceive what they want. Uh, capitalism has created an enormous global prosperity, but it's also left too many people far behind. I don't get where they're going with that. Okay. Um, now, yes, if you want to form a business, it's difficult. Um, take, for instance, um, a town that's got uh, a thriving downtown with businesses and everything, and, and then a Walmart moves in. Okay. Well, people like to be thrifty and like to get more for their money, and so they start shopping at Walmart, and downtown just dries up, and every all the businesses go out of business. Um, that's that's unfair. That's an inequity. Inequity. Okay. But um, I've known towns that have said no to Walmart. You're not coming here. <laughs> so um, that so it has to do with here's the corruption again. It has to do with the city council and the mayor and everything else. Um, do they take kickbacks from Walmart? You know, does Walmart promise them things? You know, we'll improve the city. You know, we'll we'll pave all the roads or whatever. You know, just use your imagination. And then when Walmart moves in, yeah, the roads get paved. But why? Because you going downtown's fruitless because there's nothing there anymore. You know, and it hurts more people than it helps. Believe me. Um, even our own little town here, you can see where their business is and uh, there's empty storefronts. And uh, that's a shame. Okay, anyway, I get news updates here, so I saw one I thought was interesting. Anyway, uh, let's see. Here we go. I'm going to read that sentence again. Capitalism has created enormous global prosperity, but it has also left too many people far behind, led to degradation of our planet. Okay. And is not widely trusted in society, said Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. There's not a rope strong enough to. Anyway, uh, founder of the council and managing partner of uh, Inclusive Capital Partners. That's her title. The council will follow the warning from Pope Francis, Pop, Pope Francis, to listen to the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor, and to answer society's demands for more equitable and sustainable model growth. The cry of the earth, that is a, there are some people, folks, that actually believe that the earth is alive and has a spirit or a soul, and um, things like earthquakes, tornadoes, and everything will happen because the earth is pissed off. 
or sad or whatever. Um, that is uh, nature worship, and uh, we're not to have anything to do with that because it's stupid. Um, and it says, okay, read what the Guardians of Council of Inclusive Capitalism with Vac can have to say here. The list of full, the list of guardians is as follows. Okay, listen to this. Ajay Bangda, president and chief executive of MasterCard. Oliver Bate, I think it's pronounced, uh, chairman of the board of management Alliance, uh, SE. Uh, Mark Beninoff, uh, chair, chief executive board. Trying to read too fast. Chairman of the board. No, chair, chief executive officer and founder of Salesforce. I don't know what that is. Uh, Edward Breen, executive chairman of DuPont. Ooh. Sh- uh, Sharon uh, Bar- Burrow, uh, general secretary, International Trade Union Confederation. Yeah, the unions, they have to get in there. Boy, talk about parasitical. Okay, uh, Mark Carney uh, says COP26, financial advisor to the prime minister and United Nations special envoy for climate action and finance. I don't know what nation he's advisor to the prime minister of, but um, from his name, which he's either Irish or English. Um, okay, let me uh, scroll up here. Carmen Di Sibio, global chairman and chief executive officer of EY. I don't know what that is. Uh, Brunello uh, Cuccinelli, executive chairman and creator of creative director. Uh, Bruno Cuccinelli, SPA. It gets better, folks. There's, these are people I've never heard of, but you're going to see some in here that are, uh, you're, you're definitely going to recognize the companies. Roger Ferguson, President and Chief Director of TIAA. Lady Lynn Forrester, D. Rothschild. Yeah. I like the, the earth would vomit on her. Um, I mean, if it's got a spirit and a soul. <laughs> Uh, founder and managing partner, inclusive capital partners. You know, I bet you Lord Rothschild, and i he's not really a lord, but you know what I mean, uh, probably said to himself one day, you know, I'm sick and tired of having this woman around. I'm going to find a job for her. And here she is. <laughs> you know? Um, or she, she, you know, nagged him to death to get this. And, he, you know, he, he pulled some strings and she's there. Okay, Kenneth Frazier, Chairman of the Board of Chief Executive Officer, Merck, Drug Company, and, and uh, Merck and Company Incorporated. Um, Fabrizio Frida, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Estee Lauder Companies. You ladies that like Estee Lauder, they're involved in this. Um, and this one really ticks me off. Marcy Frost, Chief Executive Officer of CalPERS. If you don't want to know what CalPERS is, PERS is... Um, what is it? P-E-R-S. It's a, the retirement system that a lot of states have. Oregon, we had PERS. I think they have it up in Washington, and I see California has it too. And they're the people that take your your money that you pay in and invest it. So they're basically like, uh, but I think that they have something to do with each state. In other words, they're part of the state. They're not uh, their own entity. So they take the money that you pay into them and they invest it and they're the retirement thing for, for, um, for California CalPERS is. So it's showing, that means that California itself is getting involved in this. All right. Even 
if you don't think so, if he's a part of California state government, he's uh, otherwise they wouldn't allow him to use the word CalPERS on here. Um, so the state of California is getting into this now, too. And I wonder if the well, it's not that they listen to voters in California. They don't. Okay. Okay, let's continue. Alex Gorski, chairman of the board and chief executive officer of Johnson & Johnson. They made a vaccine, too. That's interesting. So two vaccine companies. Well, actually, Merck didn't. Sorry. Uh, but they make a lot of other poisons. Um, Angel Guria, Secretary General, Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development. Alfred Kelly, Chairman of Chief Executive Officer Visa. So we got Visa and MasterCard involved in this. William Lauder, Executive Chairman, Estee Lauder Companies. Let me just read that. Yeah. Okay, so there's two people from Estee Lauder. Bernard Looney, Chief Executive Officer of BP, British Petroleum. So now we got uh, petroleum companies getting involved in this. Fiona, uh, Fiona Ma, Treasurer, State of California. Okay, so now without a doubt, the State of California is involved in this. Okay, Hiro Mizuno, member of the board, principal, principals for retirement investment. Uh, Brian Moynihan, Chairman of the board and Chief Executive Officer, Bank of America. Okay, got another bank. Uh, Deanna Mulligan, the President and Chief Executive Officer, Guardian Life Insurance Company of America. Uh, Ronald P. O'Hanley, uh, Chairman of Chief Officer of uh, State Street Corporation. I'm going to scroll up again here. It's only about five more. Uh, Rajiv Shah, President of the Rockefeller Foundation. Of course. So now we have the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds involved in this. You see where I'm going here? <laughs> this is a, it's a, um, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of it, dang it. Um, this is a deep state. This is a cabal thing for sure. I'm surprised the name Klaus Schwab isn't on here. Um, Tijani Theon, board member, caring group, Darren Walker, president, Ford Foundation. Mark Weinberger, former chair and CEO of EY and, and the board member of J&J, MetLife, and Saudi Aramco. Jeez. <laughs> Boy, does he have a, a job history, huh? Anyway, so these and many more. This is just a small list, folks. There, if you go to another page, there's like, there's 15 pages of a list like this, okay? All right, so where are we going now? Okay, now we're going to get into, uh, let's see, we're going here. Oh, no, we don't want that one. Okay, now we're going to get into uh, the religious or the spiritual aspect of all this. And uh, I don't know, it's going to be a lot of reading, folks, so I hope that you don't mind. Um of course, you have the luxury of shutting this off and starting it back up when you want to. I don't. Uh, so, anyway, so let's uh, let's see. I got to go back up here because I want to share this with you. All right, so let's get rid of this. It's puppy. Okay, now you got my mug up there again. Well, I got one hair out of place. Okay, uh, let's see. So we're gonna go this this 
screen okay and i'm going to go ahead and get it over there and there it is right there okay this is from a website called let us reason and it's an apologetics website as well as a revelatory website and we're going to have three pages of this okay so i am going to be tired of reading and i'm probably going to take a nap afterwards a time to come together wanting to be one in politics in america democrats are polarized with republicans it is accepted fact that they disagree on nearly everything because of of their value of worldview when it comes to religion it's no different the central idea of interfaith cooperation is based on religious universalism which teaches that all religions hold elements of the truth and that no religion or religious teacher is fully right or wrong. One of the ways to build bridges to other religions and unite with them, okay, let's see, is to claim God is the same everywhere and we can be diverse in our, in our approach to him. It also presupposes that as long as people worship God in their own way, they are accepted. The New Age view of God is greater than one religion's religious system teacher on him. Uh, let's see, God works in, a, this is a quote, God works in many ways uh, through many faiths and religious agencies. Uh, this is one reason for the elimination of non-essential doctrine. By the emphasis of this essential, of this, of the essential doctrines, and in their union will the fullness of truth be revealed. This is the new world religion. This is what the world new religion will do. And guess who wrote that? Alex Bailey and Dijual, Dewal, um, cool. And if you go to http, um, colon slash slash in the name of purpose.org and then chapter or chp10.htm, you'll find that Alice Bailey is like the queen of the new age. Uh, she's written many books. She used to be a channeler. She's been dead for a while, quite a while. Um, she used to be a channeler. I don't remember the entity that she channeled, but it was demonic for sure. And um, she, like I said, she wrote several books, and uh, the only they're only useful for maybe toilet paper if you run out. Um, but uh, very wicked lady, uh, probably one of the more wicked ladies that has been involved with the New Age. Um, anyway, this is primarily done by diminishing his name, the name of the only true God to be the gods of, of the, the other religions. Okay, where are we? Uh, recently, a Dutch Roman Catholic bishop came out, came out supporting Christians to rename God to Allah. Allah, is, it says here, quote, Allah, this is a good example of what is taking place as a shift from uh, the truth of, to alternatives, uh, and there's let me uh, let me do something for you folks. If you want to go here and read this yourself, because I'm, I'm going to read it anyway. But um, there's a lot of links here that you might want to follow, and I'm not going to. So the name of the website is LetUsReason.org. It's all one word, except for the .org. Uh, forward slash uh, capital E and there's emerge E M E R G E the number nine 
it's all one word dot htm and it'll take you right here and you can read this too and and, and kind of pick it apart more we're just uh, skimming over this okay it says uh bishop martinez petrus maria muskins told dutch tv allah is a very beautiful word for god shouldn't we all say that from now on and we will all call god allah hell no um my answer anyway uh i'm not sure if this man came to this by his own conclusion or has read some of the emerging church ideas of Daniel Daniel Kikawas books. Uh, let's see, I guess the name of the book is Perpetuated in Righteousness, uh, who says essentially the same thing. Further in his statement, God doesn't care what you call him. Uh, the Almighty is above such discussion and bickering, he insisted. Muskins, uh, someone like me has prayed Allah Yang Maha Kuasa uh, which in its parentheses Almighty God for eight years in Indonesia and other priests for 20 or 30 years Muskin said um, in, the, in the heart of the Eucharist God is called Allah over there is called Allah over there so why can't we start doing that together God's name is Okay, let's let's pull that apart. You know what? We might have to do a two-parter, folks, on this, okay? Because um, I don't even know how long we've been on here, but let's see. Been on an hour and thirteen minutes already, and this is a long long page right here. So uh, we may make a two-parter out of this, okay? Um, let's see. Tomorrow's Tuesday. No, tomorrow's Monday. No, today's Monday. Okay, sorry. When you're retired, folks, it all flows in one into the other. Um. So Tuesday, I might be able to get back on tomorrow and finish this up, but I'm going to finish this page, okay? And then the other two pages have titles to them, and it's each one of them, and, uh, you know, we'll conclude with that. Because uh, I could do this, but I'm, I'm starting to get a little tired. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, let's see. Um God's name is no ordinary name. He is revealed his character, his nature to mankind. God has given only one name for salvation and for us to walk in Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach. Acts 4.12. Okay. That's true. The whole sentence was true. Okay. Here's the point. He said this is basically to appease the Muslims. Uh, and there's a quote here. Church. Uh, Catholic churches in the Netherlands should use the name Allah for God to ease tensions between Muslims and Christians. Uh, can you say compromise? <laughs> um, you know, if if this was what people were supposed to do, then the Christians in the first century who were being eaten by lions and, and killed by the sword and burned at the stake would have just said, hey, you know, I'll use the word, I'll use, I'll follow your gods, you know, but no, they stuck to their, and, and Christianity in a church group, and people got saved like there is no tomorrow. Bishop uh, Muskin's comments found an immediate audience in America. The Council on Islamic American Relations, or CAR CARE, uh, now uh, no known as ties with Hamas, 
Spokesman Abraham Hooper thinks it's a great idea. Of course he would. Um, it reinforces the fact that Muslims, Christians, and Jews all worship the same God, Hooper told FoxNews.com. I don't think the name is as important as the belief in God and following God's moral principles. I think that's true for all faiths. <laughs> Do me a favor, guy, and don't think. Um, of course, Muslims love this idea. It brings everyone closer to admitting that Muhammad is a legitimate prophet and the Qur is the truth. Um, that their God is the same God as the Jews and the Christians, even though he hates them, and even though he hates them and identifies them as infidels. Maybe we can synchronize our praying, our praying for prayer five times a day with the Muslims. We can call a church a mosque. By doing this, we can lose everything of Christianity and bow with other religions to have unity with the gods, their gods, and make peace. Okay. According to the God of the Bible, God's name is very important to him. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We got to get into this because this is very important. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless, guiltless that takes his name in vain. Exodus 27, 20 verse 7. Have you noticed that it is Allah who is seeking to be identified as God and not the other way around? There is no effort among Christians or Jews to call God Allah except Bishop Muskins and other betrayers like him. Let's stop for a minute. Okay, I want to say something. Um, ah, how'd that happen? Ah, it happened again. Okay, we'll just do this. All right. Um, back when this country was formed, um, everybody was basically a Protestant because everybody came from England. Um some people came from France and they were Catholics. Okay, don't get me wrong. It wasn't exclusive. But um, they used the name God because when you're with other Christians, other believers, and you say God, we all know that we're talking about the God of the Bible. Um, and his name is Yahweh. And the name of the suffering servant, um, also known as Jesus, is um, Yeshua. Okay. So we all, everybody knew that. So when you said God, you knew who you were, everybody was talking about. Everybody knew who that person was talking about. Anyway, um, recently, I'd say in the last well, like hundred years, uh, people have been immigrating from other countries, especially to the United States and Europe, who have other faiths. Um, and a lot of those people are awesome. Believe me, um, I've, I've met a lot of Hindus that I love. Man, they're they're just awesome people. Um, I've worked with Muslims, and the ones I worked with were pretty decent people. Uh, sorry, I, we've got dogs here, folks, and so if they bark, I, forgive me, uh, or forgive them. Uh, so you got Hindus, Muslims, you have you have people from um, you name it. Uh, Buddhists come in here. You have. Um, and, and, you know, that's not necessarily bad because we are a melting pot. And, um, you know, it's, I remember when people used to talk about the Catholics. Oh, the Catholics is the Catholics that. Um, <clears throat> but now the, the focus is on other religions. But anyway, 
their focus. Um, so when when you use the term, let's just put it this way. When I use the term God, if there was a, um, a, a group of people that were Hindus, Buddhists, uh, Muslims, you know, and I said, uh, isn't God awesome? Well, the Muslim would say yes, because he calls Allah God, and he uses God as a generic term. Um, the the Hindu would say yes, but, but in his case, he's worshiping one God out of the Hindu um, hierarchy of millions of gods, okay? Most most popular are like uh, Vishnu and um, Shiva and, and others. Um, but he, you say God is a generic term for him, for his the name of his God, okay? Which might be, like I said, Vishnu or Shiva or whatever. So the Muslims call God Allah. The Hindus have a name for their God, okay, whichever God they worship. Um, the Buddhists, too, same difference. Um, so, but, but, uh, Christians and Catholics, we always say God. So, um, you could walk into that group of people and say, you know, isn't God great? Well, yeah, the Hindu would say yes, because he thinks Vishnu is great. Um, the Muslim would say yes, because he thinks that Allah is great. It's a generic term is what I'm trying to say. And I do believe that believers in the, in the United States and Europe, anybody that speaks English that's listening to this, um, we might want to start getting into the habit of using the name that God gave himself in Exodus or, or told Moses about in Exodus. Um, and that word is Yahweh. Whenever you see the Lord capitalized in the Old Testament or the New, uh, actually, no, it would be the Old Testament because they don't use Hebrew in the New, but um, whenever you see it capitalized, it's actually um, the t- tetragram um, YHWH or YHVH. Um, and it's it's pronounced Yahweh, y- YHWEH. And um, <clears throat> so that's his name. And that, he even says it. He says, that is my name. That is my appellation. And I want that to use, be uh, said forever. So when Moses went to Pharaoh, he says, Yahweh wants you to release the people. You know, and when he went to the, the Hebrews or, you know, the, um, the nation of Israel that was in, in bondage in, in Egypt, he walked up and <laughs> it must have blown him away when a, a guy that they thought was more Egyptian than anything else walks up and says, hey, Yahweh wants me to talk to you. He wants me to lead you out of this land. Can you imagine that? Well, how did you know that name? That name is not commonly used. Even today, Jews don't use the name uh, because they feel it's it's God is or Yahweh is so um, high up and 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 is so do the respect that <clears throat> we should just use the name. And when they write God, it's G dash D, and uh, because they they feel that His name is just too. Holy to say. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. Let's continue this. Um, so I th- anyway, in, in summation, I think that Christians uh, and Catholics, should they choose, um, should start to use Yahweh as identification when we're talking about our God. Our God. Okay. Uh, being worshipped as God does not... Wait a minute. Get rid of that. Okay. 
being worshipped as God, has always been Satan's main objective. Scripture exposes his agenda through time to its conclusion. He tempted Jesus or Yeshua in the wilderness, demanding that Yeshua bow down and worship him. Paul says in the end, during the tribulation, he will sit at, he will sit as God in the temple of God. Uh, I think, I think John said that. Um, anyway, John, uh, John says that he will demand worship as a condition for participating in his economic and religious system. God does not want to be worshipped as Allah, but as, but it is Allah that wants to be worshipped as God. God does not want to be worshipped by all, by all the gods name. Excuse me. God does not want to be worshipped by all the gods name, uh, because he has already given us his name. Um, the Bible was given us to reveal God. It is not an open space to fill in any name that you want. Not all religions are equal, and neither are their gods the same. Okay. Satan's doctrine is that all religions are equally value and true, uh, valid and true, uh, that all different paths man is made or demonically inspired to lead God. It does not matter what name we call him or how we worship him. If we accept Allah, why not Vishnu? Why not, oh my goodness, how do you say this? Amenomina Kanushi. I've <laughs> heard that name before. Uh, what right do we have to exclude one because of a different name? Uh, the one and only name of God for our salvation, Acts 4, 12, will be diminished or ignored, which brings Christianity as an equality with other religions that are false. If this is the first, if this first step succeeds in a second phrase, second phase, uh, that the true name of God will be removed. Uh, the Baha'i teach many names are, many names in many religions are used to describe the same God. The Baha'is believe, um, although we may have different concept of God's nature, although we may pray to him in different languages and call him by different names, Allah or Yahweh, see, they you know, uh, God or, or Brahma. Nevertheless, we are speaking about the same unique being. Many names in many religions are used to describe the same God. Well, that's a line of bovine scatology. Um, be aware that all major religions promote the belief in one God. What? All major religions believe. This is a quote. I don't know who did this. By the same guy. Um, be aware that all major religions promote the belief in one God and one mankind. And that God is the source of truth and guidance. The source of all religions is one. Truth, truth is one. God is one. Boy, that's a satanic phrase. Um, to promote to the promoters of this new spirituality, uh, there is a truth in all religions. None are excluded. This is what Baha'i is all about. This is what, this is what the new age, the new spirituality is all about, acceptance and all. Um, in other words, God creates all religions. Um, God creates all religions. They are all from the same God then how come the message is the same? Okay. Isn't that weird? 
Isn't that a weird saying? You know, that all religions have the same God as their originator. Well, then he's a deceiver because he's currently given different messages in all religions. You know? That he, he's, he came down here purposefully then to make confusion. To cause confusion and um, discord among people because everybody argues about religion. If that's the God of the Baha'i, I want nothing to do with it. I don't anyway, but okay. Let's see, where are we here? Okay, let's roll this up. You're definitely going to have a second show. <laughs> when you call on names of foreign gods, thinking that they are the one true God, you have synchronized religions. You have mixed the truth. You have mixed the true with the false. And you have made God in your own image. This new this new spiritual unity first unites God as the concept, eliminating his, eliminating his name and ignoring his nature. The next step is to introduce one of the other teachings of the religions. Baha'i religion teaches, since there is one God, these manifestations of God have each taught the same religious faith. If one accepts that all religion te- religious teachers have been sent by the same God, um, once one is open to learn outside of the Bible about God, they are introduced to various gods of the nations. Okay, folks, I am really starting to downgrade here when it comes to what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and put that there. I will not touch this tab. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish this. Um Again, if you come and you listen to listen to the show at, um, you know, it's normal time, seven o'clock tonight, it'll already be up and posted. Okay. Um, it will not be live. And, um, uh, maybe I should go and see if anybody's been in the chat room. Nope. Nobody. Okay. So I'm going to do this. There I am again. So we've been on for an hour and 30 minutes and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and cash it in right now and probably take a nap. Then I'll upload this thing so that at seven o'clock it'll be, it'll be something. If you watch on Twitch, then it'll be there already. It will not be live. It'll be on, um, Rumble, uh, probably within the next hour and a half. And, um, and then we'll go with the other formats uh, after that. So anyway, um, we've talked a lot about things or learned a lot, I should say. And I'm really serious about the Yahweh thing, folks, because, you know, if, um, it'd be kind of be like, um, kind of be like, um, having a dignitary and, and going, you know, and just saying, hello, dignitary, you know, well, that's not a good example. Let's just say president, just walk up to hi, president. And not including his name. Okay. So if you went and said, I talked to the president yesterday. Okay. Well, that's nice, but there's presidents in the United States. Um, lots of countries have presidents. Which one did you talk to? Well, I've talked to a president. Let's say Trump. I talked to President Trump. Okay. Now you've clarified it. You've given the president a name. Okay. 
Same with uh, within in the Christian community or in the Jewish community. Um, I talk with. Uh, no, I should say if you go to a meeting, let's just say an interfaith meeting. I would never go to one. But, and you said, "Yeah, I love God." <clears throat> oh, that's nice. We love God too, you know. But you might be talking to a a Jehovah's Witness. You might be talking to someone of various. Uh, different um, religions, and yeah, they call their God God too, and they're like, "Oh, that's great," you know. So using the generic term God anymore is is the same as like it said in there, creating God in your own image. You know, I, it's it's important that we we um, we tell people that the name of our God, okay, Yahweh is His name. Um, Yahweh is His character. It's not Jehovah. You try to make Jehovah out of YHWH, you know? And that right away it's Yahweh. And there's no J in the Hebrew alphabet, so even saying Jehovah is wrong. Uh, saying Jesus is wrong. It's Yeshua, but you can say Jesus because a lot of people know him by that name. Many, many people. Most people know him by that name. And it's not wrong to say that because... Um, that's what his name is in Greek. Okay. Um, Italians say Gesu. Uh, Muslims say Issa. Uh, but they mean the person of Jesus Christ in the Bible. There's people that are call themselves Christians that say the name Jesus that are as far from Christianity as you can get. Okay. So again, I think it's very important that maybe we start transitioning over and using the name Yeshua. And for Lord, using the name Yahweh, okay? Yahweh is Lord. Yeshua is Yahweh. Okay, with that, I'm going to go ahead and end it because um, my brain is toast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm white, so white toast. I don't know. Um, sourdough. I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> So, folks, thank you for being here today. Thank you for putting up with this tired old man. And um, tomorrow night we'll continue. We've, we've got about two and a half pages to talk about tomorrow. It uh, may possibly go into a three-nighter, I don't know, or a three-dayer. Um, so we'll use the same title tomorrow and everything else. We'll just go ahead and uh, do part two of uh, – we do one of – do today or part do part do of do if you understand French I said one two anyway let me get off of this thing before I made more more of an ass out of myself okay may the Lord bless you and keep you may he make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you may he watch your going out you're going coming in you're rising up and you're lying down may he Yahweh Yeshua give you the peace that passes all understanding as we live and worship Avinu, meaning our Father. Have a blessed day today, and just enjoy today, okay? And know that Yahweh loves you, and that he cares for you, and that you are the chief focus of his brain and mind, his spirit, okay? Good night, folks, or good, good afternoon. Um, yes, it is afternoon, so good afternoon, and... Go out and do what you want to do within reason. <laughs> okay? God bless. Yahweh bless.
good good afternoon.